it's time to talk sports. 96.5 is 600 KGEZ, and the Knock on Sports is on the air. Here's your host, Anthony Knockreiner. Good evening and welcome. Welcome indeed here to a Tuesday night edition of the Knock on Sports. Hope you guys are having a great Tuesday. What beautiful weather that we've got going on right now. And I'll tell you what, I wish I was outside. I know I say that every time we get beautiful weather, but absolutely gorgeous outside. Uh, I just took a walk for a little bit before the show. And uh, like I said, it feels great outside. Feels like springtime is definitely here. Uh, I did look at some of the weather down in Missoula. Supposedly, it's going to be calling for snowy weather on Saturday. So um, I'm hoping the weather forecast is wrong because we could use weather like this for Saturday for the first college football game back at Washington Grizzly Stadium. So that'd be a lot of fun if we could actually get this kind of weather. I know for the few fans that they're going to allow, I don't think they're allowing full fans for that game. But either way, Washington Grizzly Stadium will have at least a football game played uh, this Saturday, and we will preview that matchup with Voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran. He'll be joining us a little bit later on in the show on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. We'll get his take on the matchup, and we'll talk about some of the guys that have uh, been catching his eye at practice. So we'll get the latest from Riley at the bottom of the hour. In about 15 minutes, we will chat with Kyle Hansen from Montana Sports as we get his thoughts on uh, college basketball. We talk about the Wayne Tinkle family as well as Wayne Tinkle received a contract extension yesterday. So we'll talk about that with Wayne or with uh, Kyle a little bit later on in the show as well. But first off, we start with today, unfortunately, bad news. I thought the Zags were going to do it. I literally thought that this Gonzaga team was finally going to break through and win their first national championship. Strike that. Reverse it. And unfortunately, the Baylor Bears, they had something else to say about that. And so they ended up being the national champions. I got to give Scott Drew a ton of credit. They were the more physical team. They were the better team. And once again, defense wins championships. The Bears proved that uh, along with shooting so well from the outside. All credit goes to the Baylor Bears. Now, the question does become for Gonzaga, and a lot of people have been asking it, and I even had some people respond to me yesterday saying, well, what about the hangover? There's no question that there probably was a hangover. There was a ton of emotion, a ton of energy exuded in that game Saturday night in the semifinal against Gonzaga. And while that can be used, it, you, you're just, it's just not going to happen. Mark Few was talking about this last night in the press conference. You have to give all the credit to the Baylor Bears. Yes, had maybe there been a couple more days for Gonzaga to kind of come down off the high and prepare and, and refocus on the game, then maybe it had been a different story. But again, the physicality that Baylor brought, I don't know how much this game really would have changed had there been a couple more days. Maybe Gonzaga can adjust a little bit better to the physicality. Maybe they come up with a different plan, but ultimately it was the shooting that was really good for Baylor, and it was the physicality, the fact that Baylor was out-rebounding Gonzaga that ultimately did this team in. And there's just something to be said. I don't know if you can wait a couple more days, and that's going to bring out more physicality. Now, again, this team was tired. I understand that. I understand what happened from Saturday night. But again, this is just a team that fell short. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to – I mean, they fell short in expectations. Obviously, national championship, I thought this was one of the more talented teams that Gonzaga's had in the last several years. I thought this was a team definitely uh, capable of winning a national championship. 
and they made it there. They, they came so close. They've come closer than any undefeated team uh, has come since 1976. So again, a ton of credit. I, I, I am, I'm going to get into this in a little bit about the fact that people are saying, well, this is a failure for Gonzaga. I don't think so. But again, I think this just speaks more about what Baylor did. I think this is more about Baylor than Gonzaga. I think Baylor uh, was a great team this year. Scott Drew has done a fantastic job. You talk about the what he had to do to take over this team. And this was the more impressive part because I didn't realize Scott Drew had been the head coach for Baylor since 2003. You're talking about a head coach that had to turn a program around after so much uh, publicity and not the good kind. And he had to turn this program around into a respectable program, and he's done that. And they captivated it with a national championship. Would I have liked to have seen Mark Few get that national championship last night and Gonzaga bring it home to uh, northwest Mont- or northwest uh, part of the country? Sure. I was rooting for Gonzaga last night. But at the end of the day, you got to give credit where credit's due. Baylor was the better team, and they get another one. I mean, it is what it is. Baylor gets their chance. One team has to win this tournament. And I think a lot of people forget that. One team has to win this tournament, all right? And I think we get we play way too much into, well, everybody failed because they didn't win it. Well, only one team gets to, all right? I mean, like, that's 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 the crazy part about this. And so I, I go back to, um, you know, would it have been different for Gonzaga? Like I said, if they had a couple more days, sure. Uh, if the Chiefs had their two starting offensive tackles, who knew maybe the Super Bowl would have been different as well. But we can't play the what-if game for this. I mean, listen, here's the deal. If God, everyone knew and everyone thought Gonzaga was going to blow UCLA out of the water. If Gonzaga does what they're supposed to against UCLA, then they don't have to worry about playing the what-if game because they didn't have to exude all that energy and have to play in overtime and all the highs that went along with it. They would have handled their business just like Baylor did against Houston, and they would have been ready for this game. So you can play the what-if, but you can play the what-if both ways. So, again, ton of credit to Baylor. Uh, again, and I think this as well, I think that it's ridiculous to say that because Gonzaga didn't win the national championship, that all of a sudden this season is a failure. 31-1. and one. Yeah, it stinks you didn't win a national championship, undefeated season up until the point, lose the last game of the year. All of it doesn't really matter. I get that. But still to accomplish a 31-0 record against some of the opponents that they played. They had Baylor on the schedule. Who knows, maybe if they play that game December 5th, this game, they have a little bit more preparation. Maybe they can find a way to change the physicality. Who knows? But they didn't. But they did have Baylor on the schedule. Gonzaga plays one of the toughest non-conference schedules year in and year out, and especially in the last four or five years. They've taken on the Blue Bloods, North Carolina, multiple times since they lost in 2017. They've taken on Duke. They've taken on Kansas. They've taken on teams like West Virginia. They have beaten good basketball teams in college basketball. This is not about Gonzaga being overrated by any stretch of the imagination. It was only 24 hours ago that we were singing their praises. We saw all the people that were talking about Gonzaga and what they were able to do in that game against UCLA. How many times have we seen teams, and I said this yesterday, did they spend all their magic in that semifinal game? And they did. They definitely did. They spent all the magic that they had in that semifinal game and unfortunately didn't have anything left. And I know magic's kind of a weird word. It's not like they have a a jar of this stuff that they can just open. It's not uh, like Mike's magic stuff uh, from uh, Space Jam. All right, they don't don't keep bottles of that stuff uh, going on. So, but... You know, in the, in the, I just don't. I think Gonzaga spent everything they had in that game, and I just don't think they had enough in the tank for 
the game against Baylor, um, but I don't think that sells short their season. All right, Gonzaga plays a tough schedule, and, and this is what kills me because I saw plenty of people talk about this. Well, if they were playing the Big Ten, they wouldn't be undefeated. Well, okay, stop it. All right, the Big Ten is overhyped as is. All right, I saw one person trying to quit. Well, if the Big Ten fell short of expectations, and so did Gonzaga. They fell short of winning a national championship game in the national championship game. The Big Ten didn't even sniff, all right, the final four. All right, so let's not compare apples and oranges here. All right, the Big Ten, yes, they've got good basketball teams, no question about it. All right, but you know what? Gonzaga played Iowa this year and beat them pretty handily. So I don't really want to hear it. Gonzaga did take on one of the elite teams in the Big Ten that had a lot of high expectations. But Iowa didn't make it. Illinois didn't make it. All right. Michigan State didn't make it. They didn't even get out of the, the uh, first play-in game. All right. They lost to UCLA in overtime. So I think it's just ridiculous that we get into this because it's the same conversation that I hear when people talk about Notre Dame. And in a way, Notre Dame is very similar in, in Gonzaga. Notre, we know the lust and the lore of what uh, Notre Dame football represents. Gonzaga is very, very good in basketball. They have been a basketball school. They have been a basketball power. I think what people are confusing is the fact that when you talk about Gonzaga teams, you go back to the teams with Adam Morrison. You go back to the early 2000 Gonzaga teams. Sure, they fell short of expectation. But you're talking about a basketball program now that, one, schedules some tough teams every single year in the non-conference. You're talking about a team that also recruits some of the best players to Spokane. So it's not just about a great team dynamic. It's not just about Mark Few, the head coach, putting together the right group of guys. They have extremely talented basketball players that are also going into the NBA. All right? They've got great talent along with the fact that they are a great basketball program. They are getting some top recruited, top classes that are ranked by all the ranking officials like ESPN and others. They're getting the top uh, classes into Spokane. So this is not your same old Gonzaga team. All right, This program has taken it to the next level, and eventually they are going to win a national championship. Gonzaga will be in the conversation next year. They were in the conversation last year. Who knows? Maybe Gonzaga's year was last year. Maybe they would have won the national championship had we had a tournament. One team wins. All right? We start with 68. 67 other teams lose in this tournament. Only one team gets to feel that, that, that vindication of winning the whole thing. And just because Gonzaga didn't win it doesn't mean that they're a soft program. Doesn't mean they need to play tougher competition in conference. I said this yesterday. Gonzaga, even if they had won the national championship, where can they go? They're not a football program. So the Pac-12 is not going to take them. All right? Uh, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if Gonzaga has a football program, whether it's club or anything. So Gonzaga really can't go anywhere. And if you're talking about the Big East, where it's kind of more about basketball teams, that makes no sense for them. The budget alone for travel will go through the roof. So Gonzaga really has nowhere to go. So the only thing that they can do is schedule tough teams in the non-conference. Now, again, the, 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 the West Coast Conference is stepping up a little bit. St. Mary's was pretty good a couple of years ago. BYU's always tough, but they're trying to bring that conference up with them because guess what? You're just not going to see Gonzaga get an invitation to a Power 5 conference. 
And it makes no sense to go to the Big East. Makes no sense to go really anywhere. I don't know where they go. That makes sense for them to up their profile. That gives them tougher competition in conference. You know? like I mean, here's the other deal, too. Guess what? Ohio State lost to Oral Roberts. All right? How many Big Ten teams lost to teams they probably shouldn't have lost to? So that's why I said I, I hate the comparison when it comes to the Big Ten or the ACC or the SEC. Guess what? When you have conferences, you have teams that are at the bottom as well because not every team is a top-tier team. The ACC, I don't even know how many teams they have. But you know Duke and North Carolina, Virginia are usually the teams that grab the top billing. Syracuse, maybe, I'm given year. They're usually in the middle of the pack towards the top. All right? Big Ten, you know, all right, Michigan State's usually there. Ohio State's usually there. Iowa recently, we'll see if that continues. Wisconsin's usually got a pretty good program, so they're at least towards the middle or the top. But they do have teams that are at the bottom. This is why I don't understand why everyone gets so wrapped up around conference schedules. They don't matter. Because you've got teams at the bottom. Sure, when you've got, when you got the two or three best teams playing each other, those highlight big games and big nights. And they matter definitely. But if you're going to tell me that because Gonzaga doesn't play a tough conference schedule, the reason why they lost, or maybe they're soft or they're overrated, just stop it. Rethink your strategy. Because Gonzaga does play some of the toughest teams in the non-conference portion of the season. And how much does the non-conference do, how much does that really matter when it comes to seeding? Because it does get looked at. Gonzaga has no place to go. They can't step up in competition in terms of getting to a Pac-12 conference or getting to an elite conference because they are not a football school. Basketball is their priority. So there's no place really for them to go. So the idea of moving them up and trying to get them tougher competition, the only way they can do that is through the non-conference. So again, I think it's ridiculous by people saying, oh, well, they're, they're soft or they, they fell short of expectations. You went 31-0 going into the national championship game and you got beat by a better team. We, sometimes we don't always get this. Sometimes we don't always get the two best teams playing in the title game. We got that last night. Two of the best teams all year long. One, two, Baylor, Gonzaga. Two best teams playing for the national championship and the best team won. It was Baylor. Now, can you argue best team talent-wise on paper? Okay, that, that's a paper argument. It doesn't really matter. Baylor won last night. They won in convincing fashion. Defense still wins championships. Physicality still won out here. They're, that Gonzaga team is still really, really good. They had a tremendous year. I don't think that uh, they failed in any sort of way. Unfortunately, you come up short, but it's still a tremendous season, and this program is still going to be one of the top college basketball teams year in and year out. And for some people that are saying, well, Mark Few just likes it there because he doesn't want to challenge himself – Again, stop it. I mean, too much of the time. How many times are we seeing, you know, like, look at Porter Moser. He's leaving Loyola, Chicago to go to Oklahoma. If things don't pan out in three to four years, and I'm giving him even better chances of that with three to four years, because who knows, two to three seasons, if Oklahoma doesn't do well, he's out. What's to say about coaches that do start at some of these mid-majors and build them into powerhouses? They still consider Gonzaga a mid-major, but it's a powerhouse. All right? So, like I said, I think it speaks volumes to Mark Few and how he has turned that program around. And like I said, yes, before, you could always talk about Gonzaga would come in with a high seed and then there would be a team that would upset them and then they wouldn't make it past the Sweet 16 and they'd always make it there, but they'd always fall short. 
That was before. This program's now played in two national championships in the last four years. They've made it to a Sweet 16, lost to Florida State. They made it to an Elite Eight and lost to Texas Tech, who went on to go play for the national championship as well. So I would say in the last four years, the type of players they're bringing into the program, as well as the results they're getting, they're top flight basketball program. They're not overrated. They're not soft. I mean, yeah, last night they showed it a little bit because they couldn't handle the physicality, but this is not a soft program. They do schedule top teams year in and year out in the non-conference, and they do play some of the Blue Bloods as well, and they do beat them. Remember, they have beaten North Carolina. They have beaten Duke, and they beat Duke with Zion. That didn't happen. That that wasn't a fluke. They did that. So, again, I just don't understand some of the Gonzaga hate because it's just funny. In 24 hours, how much the story is flipped. Because now it was, well, Gonzaga, could they be the greatest team ever to, well, Gonzaga now is soft. They needed, you know, their conference really put them there. They're overrated. How do we go from that to one? How do we go from one to two in 24 hours? It's nuts. So I will get off my soapbox for now. Uh, <laughs> coming up next here on the Knock On Sports, joining us on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, we'll chat with Kyle Hansen from Montana Sports. We'll talk more college basketball. We'll talk about his stories about the Wayne Tinkle family, as well as get his thoughts on Montana Grizz football returning this weekend. That's all next here on the Knock On Sports. <laughs> 